2nd Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 22 that false prophets also rose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies even denying the master who brought them, bought them bringing upon themselves swift destruction and many will follow their sensuality and because of them the way of truth will, bla will be blasphemed and in their greed they will exploit you with false words their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep for if God did not spare angels when they sinned but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment if he did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah a herald of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to ex extinction making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly and if he rescued righteous lot greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked for as that righteous man lived among them day after day he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority bold and willful they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones whereas angels though greater in might and power do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord but these like irrational animals creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant will also be destroyed in their destruction suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing they count it as pleasure to revel in the daytime they are blots and blemishes reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed. Accursed children forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For, speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by central passions of those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to never have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it, to turn back from the holy commandment and deliver it to them. What the true pro proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. This is the word of the Lord. Here's my caveat. Here's my disclaimer this morning, okay? This morning I'm going to get in your face, all right? I'm going to get in your grill, so buckle up. It's going to get scary, okay? We live an age in an age of entitlement, don't we? And nobody understands the concept of tough love. So I'm making no apologies this morning. I'm making no excuses. And so I'm telling you why. It's because I love you too much to make excuses. 
I want you to be all that you can be, what God has called you to be. And I want you to have everything that God is calling you to be in Jesus. So I'm going to make no excuses this morning. Okay? And so this morning, I'm not going to mince my words. I'm not going to... Uh, I'm going to name some things because I'll do that in love. I'm going to lift the lid on some things in love. And I'm going to rip the scab off some things, okay? Because I love you too much to leave you as you are. Can everybody say either amen or oh me this morning? (laughs) Today we're going to talk about the baggage of addiction. Now, here's the conclusion of a thought I had this week. No one ever says to themselves, wow, my life is so great. Today I think I'm just going to totally shipwreck my life in the best way I can. I'm going to make some decisions that could start the ball rolling uh, in a very painful and negative direction. No one intentionally does that or says that, do they? But unintentionally, unintentionally, people do that all the time. For example, I don't think anyone ever says, hey, you know, my teeth are so white and I smell so good I think I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Today I'm going to smoke my first cigarette and if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I'll get lung cancer and die 10 or 15 years before they should. I really hope that happens to me. And no one says that because uh, I'm, and I, I, I can say that to you this morning because I'm a twice reformed smoker. I started when I was 14 years old, and I quit in my mid-20s, and I took it up again uh, in, my early, in my late 30s. But my point is this, nobody intentionally does that, but many do that unintentionally. How about gambling? I don't think anyone says, man, today I, I'm going to go and play my first game of Texas Hold'em, and I'm going to get so hooked that I'm going to start gambling all the time. Sometimes I'm going to gamble online. Sometimes I'm going to go to a casino. I'm going to gamble so much that I'm going to lose all my money. Hopefully, if I'm lucky enough, I'll lose my house. I'll lose my car. It'll be repossessed. I'll blow all my money and then all my savings. And then if I'm really, really lucky, a big guy called Maurice will come and break my legs. Nobody plans to do that. Yet this kind of stuff happens all the time. Nobody says, man, life's going so great. I think I'm going to drink my first beer. And if I'm really, really lucky, I'll become addicted to alcohol and one day I'll lose my job. Even better yet, I'll lose my family, I'll lose my close friends. I can guarantee you nobody ever gets on a computer and says, hmm, I wonder what bad stuff I can get into today. Maybe I'll just type in X, X, X. I know I'm just one click away from opening up a window of destruction. Hey, I think I'm going to totally stuff up my life. Even though no one plans to do that, thousands upon thousands of people open the door to very dangerous stuff every single day and find themselves living with the baggage of addiction. So the first question 
we're going to ask ourselves is this. What has mastered you? What has mastered you? What is it at this moment that is out of control in your life and is actually bigger than you? Let's make reference to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. Phil read that out to us and there's a great phrase in verse 19 that says, People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. So what are you a slave to this morning? What is it that is bigger than you? And if you're honest enough to say, yes, there is something, then I've got incredible news for you this morning. I promise you this morning, in the presence of a very holy God, if you will apply his living word and submit to the power of the Holy Spirit, the risen Christ will set you free. Because my Bible says very, very clearly in John chapter 8, verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's a solid rock, rolled gold promise for you this morning. So what's mastering you? Be really honest with yourself. For some people, these things are just the fruit of the problem whether it be cigarettes, booze, or pornography. They're just props. The real root of the problem, it must be more... It, it, the real root of the problem is much, much more serious. So let's be honest with ourselves and with God. And that's the key to true spiritual freedom this morning. It's submitting to the, to, to, to the principles and to, to the... The, the way that God wants us to live our life. So for others, it may be something that's apparent or really dangerous. It may be something like caffeine. If you're drinking 12 cups of coffee before lunch, then you, you're addicted to caffeine. Just a thought there, by the way. I don't know. If, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the cigarettes. Maybe you smoke. Or maybe you're, you're smoking weed. Maybe you eat chalk. Maybe you're eating tissue paper. I don't know. Maybe you have an obsessive compulsive disorder and that's what masters you. Maybe it's anxiety that's got you enslaved and trapped. It could be anything. Maybe you are addicted to the internet. You've got to check your emails. You've got to check your Facebook all the time. You can't leave your smart device alone, your, your smartphone alone. For me, it was stocks and shares. I got into day trading and I bought a computer program and the day trading software. The whole idea was to pay off the mortgage and boost the 401k. It was, it, it was good. I was good at it. It, it. it got me some serious financial gains. It wasn't wrong. It was good. Uh, it was a good thing to do. It was a noble thing to do to take care of my family. But I became, addic I became addicted and obsessed with it. I had to be at a computer when the stock market opened at 10 a.m. So, so I could contact my stockbroker. And, when I, 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 and then I would pour over all the figures and, and after the stock market shut and make my strategies for the next day's trading. I was addicted. I would be depressed and I would be angry if I lost money. And I would be totally crazy if I made money. That sounds like gambling, doesn't it? That's what it's, it sounds like, gambling. And I had to be honest with myself. And I had to be honest with my family. 
that I was addicted. So maybe you're addicted to work, or maybe it's sports, or maybe it's pornography, or maybe it's shopping. You have got the gift of going into debt, perhaps. Uh, maybe it's computer games, it's the cell phone apps. Maybe it's your temper, or you're incredibly critical and negative, and that causes you to be abusive. Now, you look pretty normal on the outside, and everybody thinks you are, but you are abusive, maybe physically, maybe emotionally. So the question is, this morning, what has mastered you? Now, you may be tempted to say, hey, I can quit this thing at any time. Or you might say, you know what, I really don't have a problem with this. Mind your own business, Pastor Taylor. This is a safe place here this morning. So please listen to me very, very carefully. If more than one person has told you that you have a problem, you better shut up and listen. What has mastered you? Let's look at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Now, we have to understand Paul, has, he, he is speaking in, in Corinthians to a church full of people who had been mastered by sexual sin. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not let any outside source, because of the presence of Christ, be my master. I will not let anything else bigger than Christ into my life. Today is the day that you can be set free. Today is the day that you can take it to Christ like you've never taken it before and you can let him do a divine work in your life. This morning we're going to look at three biblical principles and apply them to our lives and let God do his work. The first we're going to do, we're going to ask ourselves what has mastered us and we're going to take it to God. Whatever it is in your life, whatever the addiction or the baggage, whatever that is, we're going to take it to our Heavenly Father. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 to 13 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as though you have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Sin shall not be your master this morning. Nothing besides Christ will be the master of your life. And so my prayer this morning is that you would speak into your situation with words like, I'm not living in the darkness anymore. I'm not living in the fear of being caught anymore. I'm not letting something else control my body. I'm not going to be worried about what's going to happen to me or what's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be in bondage to something that is not the presence of Christ this morning. And when you are going to take it to God like you've never taken it before, I'm not going to let this little um, and, and so what we're going to do is we're not going to pray and you're not going to pray this little sterile Sunday school prayer I'm talking about raw 
open face, sucking carpet, crying prayer. You know that sort of prayer? Aching in the deepest part of your soul. I'm talking about a deep lament. I'm talking about a prayer of injustice, a prayer that says, God, if you don't come through for me this morning, I'm not going to get through this. God, I am desperate. Take it away, God. Today's the day that you will take it to God and he will do a work like never before. In my 30-odd years of urban church ministry and also in prison ministry, I've watched drug addicts who were totally messed up. I've watched prostitutes who have wasted their youth and wrecked their lives. I've watched them throw themselves. I've watched gamblers who have wasted and lost thousands and thousands of dollars. I've watched them throw themselves on the mercies of God. People who fell on their knees and cried out, Jesus, save me. And because they had nowhere else to turn, my God delivered them. And over time, they were restored, they were set free, and they began to serve the living God. There was no magic pixie dust from Pastor Taylor. These people took it all to God and worked it out in deep prayer and lament. And the most important thing of all was there was no excuses. That's the most important thing. There was no excuses. We need to settle the issue in our hearts. Now, some of you, you may look at your addiction and baggage and say, but I can't overcome it. It's too big. Ask yourself this. Is God bigger than my addiction or is my addiction bigger than God? You and I need to be like the little shepherd boy in the Old Testament, his name was David. When all the other Israelites looked at the big honking Goliath, they said, he's too big. David comes along and says, he's too big not to hit. <laughs> David came to the point where he said, you know, that's all I can stand. Who is this big ugly bloke who's coming against the armies of the living God? My God is bigger and he will deliver us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Greek word for power is the word dunamis. And we get our English word dynamite from that word. The explosive and miraculous power of God to demolish as if it were that they never were before, the strongholds. So, what has mastered you? The first thing that we're going to do today is, with everything in us, we're going to take it to God. The second thing that we're going to do is we're going to go public. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, not only do we confess our sins to God, but we also, as, the Bible, as, as taught in the Bible, we confess our sins to each other so that we can pray for each other and we can be set free and healed. The problem is so many people are afraid of what others are going to say. Three pastors from a small town went out on a fishing trip together. And as they were floating and fishing in the small boat, one of the pastors said, well, brothers, let's just be real honest about what's going on in our lives and our ministries. 
And one pastor said, all right, well, if you blokes want to be honest, you know, if you can pray for me, please pray for me, because I've been looking at stuff on the internet that I shouldn't be looking at. And the other pastors were like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll pray for you. And then the second pastor pipes up and says, well, since we're all being honest, I've got to tell you that I've been doing some gambling lately. I mean, I don't get paid a lot of money, and I was trying to make some more, and now I'm in a big hole, and I might be addicted to gambling. And with some stern looks and some beard tugging, the third pastor said, well, since you all raised your issues, I have a big problem. And the big problem is, I'm addicted to gossip, and I just can't wait to get back to town. <laughs> so many of us, we're afraid of that kind of response. What people are going to think. And you've got to face it. Because you will not be complete and be completely free until you take it public. Let me encourage you to say, in a church this size, if you're not seeking regular fellowship with other people in a biblical, biblical community, you're missing out on the best part of what God is doing here. We have monthly men's breakfast groups. We have weekly women's fellowship. If you're into music and like to play music, there's a worship team that meets every uh, Thursday night. And some of them fellowship at Luigi's. <laughs> I'm in my church office, 9am to 3pm, every Monday and Thursday, every Monday, from Monday to Thursday, sorry. And I like Jubilee Donut Cafe Latte Coffee. <laughs> Just saying. It's called biblical community. And it happens organically. And you don't need to wait for an invitation. Take it public. Let God do his work. When you take it public, you're going to ask for help. That's the point. You're going to ask for help. And you are going to ask for help in three ways. The first way is you're going to say, help me with prayer. Help me with prayer. Would you pray for me, please? Would you pray for me? Please pray for me. The second way is you're going to say, help me when I fall. Because chances are you might fall and need someone to pick you up and encourage you. Help me when I fall. And the third way is you're also going to say, help me with accountability. Hold me accountable. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ rests on me. I am weak. And as I go public with it, I boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. I'm, I'm not talking about belly aching, okay? I don't go to pity parties. I only go to praise parties, okay? I'm not talking about belly aching. I'm not talking about singing a sad song. But a genuine confession of weakness, a confession of shortcomings, a confession of missing the mark. Today is your day to get free. So we're going to take it to God, we're going to take it public, and number three, we're going to take it down. 
We're going to take it out and take it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 says, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after this, after I have brought the gospel to others, I will still be qualified to win the prize. The apostle is saying, my body is now my slave. So the big question is, how are you going to take it down? Here's how you won't take an addiction down. Here's how you will not take an addiction down, by making excuses for it. Here's how you will take an addiction down. You do what you can do, and you trust God to do what you cannot do. You are going to do what you can do, and you're going to trust God with what you cannot do. If you are addicted to alcohol, don't buy any. That's what you can do. And in three days from now, when you think you're going to die without it, that's when you start trusting God to do what you cannot do. God is going to come through for you and do what you cannot do because you're going to be praying from the deepest parts of your soul and I know I've been there, I was a binge drinker in my 20s and binge drinking is a form of alcoholism and I was totally messed up and I came to God and he set me free and he continues to set me free. It's the same with the smokes. Do what you can do and in two days when you think you're going to die, that's when you start trusting God to do what you cannot do because you're going to be praying from the deepest parts of your soul. And as I said before, I know I've been there. I'm a twice reformed smoker. And by the grace of God and his mercy, he's helped me and delivered me twice. If it's internet pornography, you need to shut the door to that. You need, you need to take... That, that which is holding you captive you need to shut the door to that if that means that you have to make an investment and buy some software uh, if that's you you know, I, I'm happy to help you I'll be your accountability I'll help you do what you can do and help you slam the door to that and we'll trust God to do what you cannot do if you've got wrong friends that are leading you into wrong stuff if you're in relationships that are dragging you away from God, you need to leave that situation and not leave a forwarding address for sin to find you out. In different books I've read, it takes at least 40 days to turn a bad habit into a good habit. But we make every excuse under the sun as to why I can't do that. It takes 40 days to break a bad habit. I will do what I can do and I will trust God to do what I cannot do. I will not be in bondage to something. I will not let something else master me. Or God, Our God this morning, brothers and sisters, is much bigger than anything that has mastery over you. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. Today is absolutely your day to be free. So let's quickly review. Let's take it to God. We're going to take it public. And by the power of the risen Christ, we're going to take it down. All across this room. 
Let's join our hearts together as we seek God, as the, as the music plays softly. Let's pray together. Bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. God, we ask that in your holy presence, you would do a work that only you can do. And his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. For some here today, this is a moment of truth for you. This is a moment to decide what's mastered you. Are you going to be honest? Are you ready to be free? Now, I could give you an easy ticket out and just say, hey, if, there's, if, there's some, if, if, if there is something that's mastered you, would you just raise your hand? And we'll pray together and you and your stuff can go on. I'm not going to make it easy for you this morning. What I'm going to ask you to do is to do three things that we've talked about. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge that you are addicted to something or there's a stronghold in your life. There is something in your life that shouldn't be there. Then I'm going to challenge you to take it public. And I don't want you to raise your hand unless you are really ready to be that man or that woman who will take it public and say, I need help. I need help. I need a biblical community to help me be accountable. Now, if you're married and your spouse is in church, then you're going to take it to your spouse first because there should be no secrets in a Christian marriage. If you have a mentor or someone that's, that you're studying scripture with or talking life issues on a regular basis with, then you take it to them. If you're part of a small group that meets regularly, take it to them. If you don't have any of these support communities, then your first job is to get one or to get into one because therefore confessing your sins to each other and praying for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we're going to take it public and then we're going to look back on this day and we're going to say this is the day that God took it down this is your choice for those of you who are ready it's your time he who the son sets free is free indeed it's your time to find freedom it's something if something has mastered you something is mastering you it's and it's not of God and it, should be, it shouldn't be there. If it's not of God, it shouldn't be there. So today is the day that we seek God, we take it public, and we take it down. So all across this place, while no one's looking around, you're ready to be free. Would you just lift your hand right now? Amen. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. Be bold. Be honest. Don't hold back. This is your time. This is your day. You're saying to God, I don't want this stronghold in my life and I want to be free. You lift your hand right now. If you haven't done it already, just lift your hand. Amen. If you raise your hand and you want help with prayer, please leave your seat and come to the front and we'll be happy and privileged to pray with you. So as the music plays, please come to the front and we would want to pray with you. Father God, I pray for every person in this room. 
God, I pray that this would be a holy moment that by faith, like never before, with every ounce of strength and with every ounce of belief in our bodies, we would take this stronghold to you. God, let us be a people that would kneel down wherever we are, making an altar before you and laying down at the foot of the cross that which has mastered us. We are weak. We are pathetically weak, unbelievably weak. We cannot do it. We are incapable and we don't have the strength, God. We are weak. And now, God, we thank you that the power of Christ is strong in us. God, we commit to you whatever we can do. We are going to do our part. And we trust you to do what we are incapable of doing for ourselves. And God, we thank you ahead of time that for the freedom that you are going to give us. Now all across this room by faith, I declare in the name of the risen Lord that you are set free. That you are no longer in bondage. That you are free to live only for Christ. There is no material, there is no substance, there is no power, there is no thought that holds you captive. That what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. That no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And by faith in the all-powerful risen Christ, you are now free. In the name of Christ we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.